Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio, where radioactivity is contagious. I, I sort of like, like, like there sort of has to be, I guess, a lot of qualifications for that. Because like, I mean, if if you say like, like, say me and Matt have agreed that like logic is the structure of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I mean, like people function more emotionally in like, in, in like a different in like a different logical sense i'm just like not like i don't have the words right now to like fully explain what i'm talking about but i think i get what you're pointing at i think that because of that right like that's a major determinant per like what people what people will do and so i think that um as a result that's probably like what you need to impact like more once you've established that you're right. But, but it's also kind of tricky too, because you have to actually like establish your, like yourself as being right. If you want to be honest. So it's like, you have to establish yourself as being right and then go to influencing their emotions afterwards. Yeah. If you actually like want to legitimately like commit to changing their mind is my point. For sure, yeah. yeah. Like if if you almost can like Trojan horse a, a bit of logic into their emotional system, there's a possibility that they will use that subconsciously in the future. Mm-hmm. Seed planting, Seed essentially. Planting, essentially, with logic. Oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> so, sort of, but um, like I think that. I, I, I wouldn't say necessarily. So like say somebody is like say somebody is like completely wrong and like you know you're right. Um mm-hmm. like y- you may want to just change their mind I- in like in like a way that doesn't I'm having trouble explaining like I guess the particular process, but essentially to utilize their emotions without like implanting that seed to change their mind um or at least change it to some extent so that then like once their mind has been changed then you can like reinforce that with the actual logic i think i follow uh like if if we were to put it into like a real world analogy with uh like the type of problems that surround addiction and leading maybe an emotional attachment that one would have towards crack and then finding a way to sublimate that attachment with something that's less damaging well yeah like we could use that by saying like okay well we first get this person to like feel good not taking the substance which is like demonstrably harmful for them Okay. Like okay. What we're trying to do, and then once we do that, we reinforce it with like the strong ideas about like why we're doing that. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think I'm tracking what you're saying. Then I, I should be clear. I'm not like saying that like either approach is like necessarily better. Um, For I, sure. I, mean, I, For don't, sure. I, I don't know. Like, like I wouldn't know what to say. Like, and I and I'm not sure anybody knows the statistic. The statistic about which one is like more functional more of the time mm-hmm. but i do think that like i do think that like both can be fairly functional given the right circumstance like it depends on the particular person you're trying to convince and the circumstances surrounding that
I agree, man. I think there's um, like the, when I was, I was trying to make a point last night, I think about gauge symmetry that I didn't really make. Uh, the thing that I liked about it that Eric Weinstein pointed out was that it uses a custom uh, frame of reference. So it like, when he used the analogy of sea level to measure Mount Everest, there's no sea around. So it's kind of like the, a smuggled in frame of reference that allows us to see from the bottom to the top or measure from the bottom to the top. And there's a way of kind of customizing how it is that we would measure where a person is at and the approach that would best approximate their ability to receive the message that you're trying to convey. This almost certainly counts as uh, pedantry, but you can't end a sentence with a preposition, Eddie. Wait, say it again, man. You can't end a sentence with a preposition, right? Okay, tell me, tell me a little you bit. Said like uh, where they were at. Ah, okay. But you can say where they are located, for instance. Thank you. Um, okay. But at, at, at is a connective word that you can't use at the end of a sentence. Mm, thank you. Probably do that a lot, actually. It's it's funny because no 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 I I get it like I and I actually don't mind like the the correction offhand but it's like I focus a lot on like the ideas and so like sometimes I'll ignore the like language explaining it especially totally, when I'm tired. Oh, yeah, mostly dude. it's just because me and Eddie like have conversations all the time and like it's sort of like time saving if I can like you know uh, give him a correction to a mistake he makes a lot so that. Uh, I don't misunderstand him when, for instance, he runs his sentences together. No, 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 I, I get the, right, no, 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 I get, I get the utility of it because, like, language is the vehicle which you communicate ideas. It's just like, it, it's just like, it, it, it's kind of funny because, like, um, like the the way that um the the way that like we actually go about thinking things. And and how that like changes, how that changes like our ways of communicating. For sure, for sure. That we are thinking about. Yeah, and I yeah, love absolutely. being corrected in the midst of a mistake. Because I think so. Like, that one was more like sorry, sorry to cut you off, Eddie. Go ahead. But I, yeah, I feel like that one was a little more pedantry than what you're talking about. But yeah, definitely, I think that um, that kind of thing is really really useful. Especially as I'm trying to like become a bit better at formalizing the things that I'm saying and doing. Yeah. Um. Hey. So. I actually like have a structure that relates to language, which I'd like to show you guys. The thing is, is I can't share screen, like in this call. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. would you guys like to go into like a private call, so that ah, I? Ah, can... but then we can't record it. I know you like to fucking record this shit, but like, I don't care that much about that. <laughs> you couldn't take, you couldn't screenshots. take screenshots? Mm. Or, read it? or read it? Yeah, but it's like a chart. Mm. Uh, I like but the main reason for getting Eddie on is to record our conversations. Do what you can do, like, just kind of um, freestyle with it. I'll have to like, I'll have to reformulate it to a hip hop beat. <laughs> Heck yeah! There you go, man. Some slam poetry. Well suited. Well suited. <laughs>
Oh, but oh let, let me let get back me to that, get back gauge, to that symmetry gauge symmetry analogy. Because um, mm-hmm. I don't understand that process field or idea. But the thing that struck me was uh, adjusting what would essentially be sea level. And the way that we start from the bottom is going to be different from, for each person. Because their perception of the depth of abstraction that they're actually uh, involved in, if they're trying to make some progress in cognitive capacities, um, there's their, I guess we could call depth measurement of how far the bottom is. It might not correspond to the actual bottom, but it will be the bottom as it pertains to their perception. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I, I definitely can understand that. I guess one, like, one sort of weird thing, right, is, like, I, I do kind of, like, wonder if, like, out of fundamental sense, like, do you guys, like, sort of observe ideas as, like, just floating around without order? Like, and I'm not saying that that, that, that they do float around without order, right? Like, that they don't have an order. But do you think that, like, were you to visualize like something beyond beyond like where you start like it would be a place without like order where like you may have this idea and then that contradicts this other idea but it like doesn't matter no no i i think it's a really good question though yeah absolutely absolutely yeah because like that is yeah, because that sort of is my experience. I would say it corresponds to And I, I, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying that that is the case because, like, my position on that would be I don't know. Um, but, but, like, perceptually, it seems as though, like, ideas have this kind of vapor-like interaction with the, our ability to kind of transmit them. I, I guess I guess a good way that I would describe it would be like say say you're trying to describe this situation right okay. um okay. like you're trying to describe the I don't know okay that, that's what goes on in my mind and within like those ideas that's like floating around that contradict each other or like mm-hmm. don't contradict each other some of those ideas are like in fact sort of the ideas of like the absence of ideas. Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah, I get or, that. like I get that. or like placeholders for things that's like no, outside no, of no. that that I can't think about, but like that that like you know like, like could be a third or fourth option. Yes, Again, I'm yes. not saying that those exist, or I'm not claiming that they could exist either. So, so so I'm not making the claim that they could exist, and I'm not making the claim that they do exist. I'm just saying like when I try to think about that, I don't know. That's like what my mind goes to. Mm-hmm. I, I love think, me some um, placeholders. Like- I definitely know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Um, but from what I can tell, the answer to the initial postulation is no. Like, mm-hmm. even if I don't know for sure, it seems like a no. That's for, as far as I can tell, from my perception. Yeah, and I, I don't disagree with that. It's just like when you when you go like when you go like before the like what does it seem like that's that's like what it looks like is it like, yeah, I understand. yeah i understand i understand okay i'm saying like i'm just describing that just to be clear no, no, I'm no, not... like i get that okay i think what i'm saying though is that 
what comes before what it seems like is what I'm trying to describe. And when I say I, it seems, I'm saying like what comes before what it seems like to me from what I can tell from my like rational analysis seems like there wouldn't be anything outside of like what's possible logically. Like there's just nothing outside of what's logically possible, even beyond what I can conceive of. That's my opinion. Yeah, because you don't know about anything else. No, 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 not, not because I don't know about it, because I've thought about what the what things I don't know I don't about know. would be. <clears throat> like, I've thought a lot about that. What other things, like, what is an object when you know nothing about it? I've thought about that. Hmm. What is an idea when you know nothing about it? And, like, what I have concluded is that for an idea to make sense, for it to qualify for the category of idea, it has to be logically possible or at least look that way when you perceive it. And so the difference between, like, a logically possible idea and a logically impossible idea is, like, an evaluation where you say there's a contradiction in the idea or there's a contradiction. Well, yeah, no, it has to be basically a contradiction between the structure of the idea and the three laws of thought, right? That's what's logically impossible. Can I pause you right there? Mm -hmm. So like, let's say the three laws of thought are the pen that probe whether or not it's a balloon that's going to pop or it's the pen is just going to, let's say, not like the idea will be mm. con like I'm if it's sure logical. I'm not sure that that metaphor is good enough. Yeah, it might not. I mean, it's grasping, actually. It's more like... Um... If something's logically valid, then when you put liquid in it, none of it leaks. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Uh, and then <clears throat> if the same is true of a logically invalid, or uh, I'm sorry, something that's illogical. The opposite is true. The opposite. Then mm -hmm. you... So like you put water in it and it leaks. And those yeah. leakages are the illogical bits. Nice. Yeah, that, that really makes sense, actually. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when you have, like, a thought or an idea, which is illogical, that means that it exists as an object of your imagination, but mm -hmm. could never exist outside your imagination, because it's literally impossible. So, this is what I would say, right? Um, part of it is, like, I, I, I think that I'm tired, and so I can't find the proper words to describe myself as sufficiently as I would like, but... I'm not like, I'm not like 100% like confident of anything. Um, and I think that part of that includes like not even being confident about like what you're describing, like not to the fullest extent. Although I am, of course, like very confident about it. I don't think anybody here is confident to the fullest, fullest, fullest extent where for the fullest extent would have to be certainty, but mm -hmm. we're confident. I know I personally am as confident as I can think it is as far, as far as I can conceive of, I'm as confident as a person can be in their analysis. Yeah. And I, I feel as though what I've done in terms of checking whether or not that's what we call a worthy or a warranted confidence is by basically interacting with Matt for what is this the what past two years? Yeah, but what I would ask is mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. so 
is is there a point right where you would say that you are so confident that's that it is irrational no no yeah i've never seen it be irrational okay i am exactly but, as confident as i am allowed to be based on the, based on the, the like the value like the that should be placed, placed on the claim mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so like matt let's try and metaphorize it a bit in terms of like for me how i would put it from my own mm -hmm. point of view is that i have a pixel of certainty that i'm absolutely confident about and mm -hmm. then i use every bit of my ontological prowess to make that point clear and understood in others and the signals that I get back from them when it's understood from a point of view that they have something similar but different, mm -hmm. I, I, I like extract a little bit of, I think it's working. This seems true. That's, mm -hmm. that's cool. Like I, I just give myself little, little pats on the back every time something seems data logically, you know, significant or something like that or oriented. Thank you. Aligned mm -hmm. in some way. And the amount of things that I'm willing to go on and claim as data logical are, are so few. There's just, there aren't very many things in my life that I'm data logically certain about. But the, mm -hmm. the fact of it as a necessary or uh, kind of that immovable object. Yes, for sure. Yep. That doesn't have a counter. There's mm -hmm. no unstoppable force to meet it. The unstoppable force is imagination, essentially. Yes. And yep, when it I fully agree with that. comes into contact with that immovable object, it's nothing happens. It's just <clears throat> well, we get some we get some nonsense, really. We get some nonsense, and sometimes you can extract beauty or art or something aesthetically pleasing or mm -hmm. something emotionally stabilizing. I mean, there's a, a great number of things that we get out of fiction. Mm -hmm. And well, fiction isn't quite nonsense, though, right? It's like different sense. Yeah, like the the fiction. I don't know why I smuggled that in right there. Um, like, well, that's because fiction is two t two things. It's something which isn't true, and it's something which is an alternative truth. Nice, right? Like, yeah. um, but what we were talking about originally was not truth, and then the the problem that I identified was that you know, like, fiction can be true in a way that isn't literal truth, but is nonetheless not not true. Because yeah. it is in some way, it is obviously in some way. I, you know, it's it's weird because like, so I, I definitely want to talk about this, but like when I'm less tired, because I think that I could like, like just like be way more productive insofar mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. like describing my ideas more sufficiently. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I was gonna uh, just, I was quickly, gonna just say, quickly say. It, I just want to. Well, just before you finish or say, I, I want to just like say, like mention, I because I totally like I totally follow like what you guys have said. It's just like it it really comes off without being able to describe it well. Like there is like there is like a piece of the puzzle that like we're missing in a sense, and mm -hmm. I I think that like I I think that like I may like to talk about that. What's I, the, what? Okay. Well, like we'll have to wait till later, I guess, to get your opinion on what that is. Um, yeah. But like with um, regards, sorry. Oh well. Okay. So 
because I was going to say something next that's like way less relevant. Uh, could you finish your current point, please? Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, like, to follow on from what Eddie said about confidence, the way that I personally would describe my confidence is something like, um, so, like, <clears throat> I'm not certain about anything, but there are some things which I consider to be irrefutable. And then, like, the further you reduce those irrefutable things, you get to more fundamentally irrefutable things. And I mm -hmm. think that there are, like, a couple of things about the world which I find to be fundamentally irrefutable in a way that seems to correlate with other people's experiences when we discuss the topic. Because when I ask them, like, what, apart from these two things, data and logic, what could things be made of? Like, is there... Can you think of anything else that even if it was different to this, it wouldn't fundamentally still be this? And the answer is always no. And so it's like, even if I'm not certain, like the fact that I find it to be so irrefutable in every single analysis I've ever, I've ever like put it in. And there's been a lot. Is R like, is like why is it, why is it confidence that looks a lot like certainty? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So, so I want to actually add to that point because like, like there sort of is like like okay so I just want to say overall, um, if there is like a puzzle piece that we're missing, I don't necessarily disagree with like what you're saying, um, but I I want to point out to like add to the point you were making, I think that like the reason you are that way right, could be because in a sense, you may be forced right because. It's like, this is a I point agree, that I've agree. made it to like a lot of presuppositional apologists and I've not made it here really, but like mm -hmm. the reason why that like I don't accept a lot of their arguments is because like, you know, in one of the most fundamental senses, right? I'm like literally forced to like think differently than they are. Of course, suggesting. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and so but it's I think like, when they tell me that, right? It's so, so like, like, like if the conversation is about like, like we're talking about like reason or logic, which is like from what well, reason is from logic. Um, if we're talking about that, then um, we're essentially put in a position where like we're not focusing on the fundamental thing that like puts us on this path that's like different than what they're suggesting we should be on and so i do think that like the more like it's it's so fucked because it's like i haven't talked to like presuppositionalists this much in like quite a while um the last the last time i really got invested in this was like people it, it was with people like Saiten, not Saiten Burton himself, but like essentially like people that subscribe to like a lot of his ideas, which by the way, I should mention like Darth Dawkins is like totally, he, he's totally like a ripoff of Saiten Burton. Mm -hmm. um, and in anyhow, uh, basically like, I'm, th I'm just thinking that like talking about force may be like one of the one of the best approaches to deal with presuppositional apologetics. Talking about what? Talking about what? Sorry. Force. 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 But yeah. do you mean but the determinism? Do you mean determinism? Um, because it that's what it sounds no, like you mean. Like you mean. No, I wouldn't say. I I would not say determinism. What because, do you mean then? Because determinism entails like a process, right? 
Uh, no, it, it entails like reduction to mechanics. As in like your mechanics force you to be the way you are. <laughs> That's a little different than, well, so, yeah, I... I mean, that's, like, deductively true, right? Sure. I mean, like, I can, so I can accept that, like, determinism leads to that. I'm just not sure I would say determinism is that. Oh, I'm saying, like, anything that is, like, an inherent implication of determinism is still part of a deterministic, like, proposition. Because you're saying this is true, and by extension, you are saying everything this implies necessarily is also true. Yeah, I guess I just wouldn't describe it as determinism. I would be more specific and say, like, in this instance, I am forced. Like, without even yeah, talking I mean, about anything I mean, else. Like, like I, guess, I get that I you would, you would, what, you would like, what... I get you would graduate to, like, saying, like, talking about other things. But my oh, point no, is, I'm just, saying, like, just the, when like dealing the, with this, you would, like, like the tag. Say, like, you are forced in this instance. No, but the point is no, that the, the categorization the of that, uh, like, defense is that it's it's an appeal to determinism. Because when you say you're forced in this instance, you are saying you're always forced. And in this instance, this like an instance is part of the whole that is like what you would consider always. So like insofar as, you know, like you your like actions are forced upon you by the mechanics by which you act. You're always forced. And I'm as far as I can tell, when you're saying like you're forced now, it's just to get around the obstacle, which would be the presuppositionalist going, Well, I presuppositionally reject determinism, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, like presuming yeah, as though the machinery that's allowing us to make mm -hmm. these calls and record yeah, them. Yeah, you don't want to make to them the uh, claim that you know that they are like dogmatically opposed to. You want to make a smaller claim that is the same, but that. Uh, they might not reject. Yeah, I mean, in a sense, it is sort of like specifying like a specific rephrasing of like a particular overarching view to like yeah. get them to like accept a certain idea mm -hmm. at least about how you function. It's an interesting tactic. Like, mm -hmm. I think ultimately, um, though, it does come down to like something that's something I fundamentally agree with. And I guess the reason that um, I might run into, for instance, a problem with pre-subs if I'm being honest with them, is that uh, like if they ask me if um, if I think that we're both forced to to think a certain way, obviously my answer is going to be yes. Um, but their reasons for thinking that way are based on the specifically limited analysis of presuppositionalism, which is like you, your arguments are informed by your presuppositions. And I'm making a claim that is functionally equivalent in the scope they're using, which is actually a larger claim that they would contest, right? Which is that determinism is true. And as a consequence of that, their claim about us both having to think about it a certain way must be by extension true. Can I, can I make sort of an anecdotal claim and say like mm -hmm. not not this as in like like this is like representative of all like presuppositional apologetics. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, apologists. Um but that like 
my experience, my anecdotal experience of presuppositional apologists is that they tend to be very dishonest. Like not everyone, of um, course, I've um, met, but like a lot of them that I've met. I guess I have a hard time seeing it because when someone, like when I feel like someone's being dishonest, I always think about the fact that when I'm being dishonest, it sort of feels like honesty. You know, and it's this weird one. It's like sometimes when you're de- being dishonest, what you're doing is you're being honest, um, like about who you are without being uh, like open about that honesty, if you know what I mean. Um, right. And it's something like that, right? Like when people are dishonest, when they argue. So let's take Darth Dawkins, right? He argues in a dishonest way. So does Batman. But the thing is that from what I can tell, the only way someone who considers themselves to be a respectable person would allow such conduct from themselves is if they thought that that was the appropriate way to behave. So when they're arguing in this dishonest way that you and I find so objectionable, the only conclusion I can come to is that someone has taught them that that's the way to go about it, that sophistry is a good tactic that nobody really cares about the truth and so that's what they think and it's not because they're being dishonest on purpose it's because they think everybody is dishonest and they're just trying to be honest to the reality mm-hmm. yeah it's as though they've been uh primed to expect mm-hmm. anything outside of the bubble that is going to reject the word of the the word of God exactly. as the, as well, the, well, they're, the they're being dishonest to be honest to like what they view as reality. But, no, but like, um, but like saying, saying like they think they're being honest with regards to how people always act, and so if you're doing something dishonest, but everybody does it in some way, it's honest. You're just not admitting to it in an honest way. The fact that you're doing right. it is honest. So they can That's see the that thing part I'm of saying. themselves. Yeah, but because, like, because he, he doesn't know how to justify the tactics he uses, it's right. sort of like he doesn't know how to um, like react when people challenge him on it. That's probably why he mutes so many people, right? Like he's not quite sure why he's right. He just feels like he is. Right, like he's people challenge him on the tactics he uses all the time, and he sort of just like dismisses them and mutes them, and that's because like he thinks that's what everybody's doing and so when you tell him you're not allowed to do that he says you are a bigger liar than me because you're not even being honest about what i think the rules are do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like he's like these are the rules everybody's using them everybody is quote unquote cheating so if those are the rules of the game they're not really cheating and when you tell me that i am not playing by the rules you are trying to cheat in a way that other people and me deem inappropriate because I'm clever enough to know the rules and the rules are everybody is cheating and trying to get me to play by the rules is your particular brand of cheating. And honesty, something like that. Honesty destabilizes that entire Of course, and so that's exactly why you label it the way he does, right? Which is that, well, you aren't being genuine. You're just a troll. <laughs> that's basically his main response. When you're like, when you're not, agreeing with him but you're not you know saying things that don't make sense because he's quite good rhetorically and he's like not unintelligent he's paying attention to what you're saying and he's sort of like pinpointing the bits of it that aren't correct you know what i mean so if you say things that aren't correct he's sort of stalling with his rhetoric until you do and then he makes a bit of a fool of you and then he talks down to you and then he rinses and repeats it's a script of his you know and so like Mm -hmm. When you're not, when you don't have those mistakes in your thinking and you're talking to him, he gets frustrated quickly for reasons that aren't clear, 
like as in like it's not clear to everybody but if you're interacting with him it's kind of clear that what's actually going on is that he's getting frustrated that you don't agree with him even though you're making some sense it's something <laughs> like that but like it's like ground yeah it's the idea that you're a reasonable person but that you don't agree with him which de destabilizes his entire identity man yeah um so like that's well, what, as far like as i can tell that's why like, he like can't uh, like stomach interacting with me properly. Like he basically ends the conversation after twenty to thirty minutes every time, usually by muting me. And it comes down to the fact that like when I answer his questions, um, like either he can't understand what I've said, or he like, um, or he, it's basically just that he can't understand what I've said, or he follows it rhetorically to a point where he can't understand what I've said and then tells me I've said bullshit, basically. Right, so like he'll ask me like genuine questions, like what is, uh, what are some of the conditions of the necessary like uh, or absolute being, right? And then like I give him like some of the conditions. It's in one of the recordings I've uploaded. I give him some, and he goes, oh, well, like that's uh, so like one of them. You know, first I said it was data logic. I didn't quite understand the question. I think no. I think he asked me what it was. Yeah, he asked me what is the foundation for my belief, and I just told him straight up, and he like rejected it a few times. And then like he asked me the characteristics of it, and I said um, it is like non-contingent, which means that it's like necessary, it's necessarily existent. And his response mm -hmm. was something like, um, "So it exists. So what?" And I said like, "No, not it exists. Like it must exist." And the nuance completely went over his head. He didn't even listen to it. You know, he kept ranting having not even listened to the thing that I said, which completely cleared it up. It's like, you've completely misunderstood. You know what I mean? You think mm -hmm. I'm saying it exists and obviously no shit. Like calling that sort of like an obvious point is fair enough, but that isn't what I've said. And if you just listened for a second, maybe you'd figure that out. Mm -hmm. But because to listen would suggest that he might think he's wrong and presuppositionalists fundamentally refuse to accept that that's even possible you know, it's almost impossible to communicate with him at this stage because he's in one of those ideological, uh, what would you say? Uh, yes. Yeah. Something like that. Like the rigidity defends itself at this stage, yeah. the way that he has entrenched it defends itself. And it's like, it's like a mental illness in someone who kind of likes that they're crazy like that. It's like yeah. you can try to help them, but on some level, the bit that's going wrong is uh, like being enabled by the bit that's not and good luck fixing that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about when you mentioned earlier, like there's an appeal to like, it's kind of like a truncated space within oneself that denies that it's deceiving itself. And maybe that's the space where someone listens from. And so they can just bundle the, the listener up into a space of denial and That's say, you stay, you stay in that room. Don't you come out. I have an argument to make. And I always get messed no, up no, no, when you come out of the it's room. Not, it's not exactly that. It's more like um, the listener is, what would you say? They're put to work, but they have their capacity limited uh, in a specific way, which is like, what can I use? So the listener is paying attention to the other person's words insofar as they want to argue with them. That happens yeah. a lot. People do that all the time. But it's not that the listener's in a room and not there. It's like 
the listener, it, oh, it's it's sort of like yeah. um, the it's sort of like the listener's asked. been drugged. The listener's been drugged, and the drugs yeah. make them compliant, but they also make them fuzzy. And so the listener is being drugged by, I guess, maybe the ego. And yeah. the ego is saying, um, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to listen insofar as they agree with me and not listen any further because it is a waste of time because what I think is right. Yeah. And to think otherwise is false. And yeah. so to like attempt to waste my memory, like sort of trying to figure out what, they've said and how it's wrong is stupid it's something like that you know it yeah. starts with the assumption that you're necessarily correct and then it reasons carefully to it being inefficient to engage with that which is not what you think yeah and it or that which cannot be or that which seems opposed to what you think to be clear because if Darth dawkins does engage with what he doesn't think but he only likes to engage with it when he thinks that it looks like he can transform what they think into what he thinks easily yeah, opportunistically. Exactly, right? And yeah. otherwise, he sort of like implies you're a bit stupid for not following. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that sounds pretty spot on, actually. Well, I've but had that, a few interactions with him at this stage. And I, I don't know this guy in particular, but what you were describing was, to me, the process of mounting one's high Oh, he's, a, he's the presuppositionalist in the videos who has polished rhetoric. Okay, well... Um, it's like, um, you know Mr. Batman? Yeah, like I... Yes, that yeah. script but better, much better. Oh, like, nice. um, how is it that you know things if not for the ultimate authority of God? Like, I could probably give you an example. I can maybe try and, let me, give, give me a sec. I'll try and compose my, like, impression of him. Yeah, do an impression. Wait, wait a second, wait a second. So I, I just want to mention, so also I should say, I just got back. Um, I want to mention that, like, what you're describing is a result of him thinking that there is no way he could be wrong. Yeah, for sure. I actually already said that uh, a little earlier on. You, you did? You did? I did, eh? You didn't say it. I, I don't think you said it in, like, the context of what you said afterwards. Like, much, Oh, that's fair enough. I thought that it followed. Like, there was a big time difference to where, like, I don't think those points connected properly. That's. I mean, look, they connect in my mind, but I understand what you're saying. Maybe they appeared unconnected. Um, yeah, yeah, in the language. In the language. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, because like linguistically, if they were written down, it would be connected. It's just that like the RAM of your mind means that you can't hold them all properly together. And so like, if I said it sufficiently long ago, then they won't connect it, even if it is connected conceptually. So, so, so my understanding, right, was that like, um, you said that a while ago, and then we started like talking about other things and sort of like an intermission, and then yeah, but like, yeah, but and like, then we started talking about the point that would follow. But it's like if that mm -hmm, was written mm -hmm. down with that intermission, like that would distract insofar as the appearance goes of what. I'm not follows. so sure. I agree to be honest, because like most of the time, I'm pretty much all the time, unless I'm sort of like postulating something I'm not sure about, which happens sometimes, especially with close friends who I think are quite smart. But hmm. most of the time when I'm like making an argument about what I think is true, what I'm saying is that the thing that I'm saying is not only true in isolation, but it's also true in, in terms of like, it's consistent with everything else that I think or have ever said to you that I think is true and still hold today. So like, I don't, I don't differentiate properly between them because I think that when you say a proposition is true, you inherently imply that it is consistent with everything else you've said. So if I said that it was true in the past and like not too long after, I'm talking about something else that I think is true, 
right? Like the the like progression I would say has is contextual enough given the rule that anything that I say is true is something that I think is true in con con in the context of everything else I have said is true. I mean, I so okay. I think that like I think that like if you take into account like all of the context for sure. Mm-hmm. Um specifically with say like like with what your intent is etc um oh no but i just mean like like the context of like the discussion right because it wasn't like it was disconnected in a different different dialogue oh um no but it was like well okay so it was sort of like you had different parts of a dialogue and then, like, you had another dialogue sort of started, like, right in the middle of those parts. I and think so, that like, they're connected. As the appearance yeah. goes. Yeah. The, the, the dialogues are, like, inherently connected, in my opinion. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm saying that, like, if you were to write them down, the appearance of what's written would seem to suggest that, like, it, it, isn't, it isn't in such a way that's, like, the best the best possible like way of communicating it like if you would you would connect them without that intermission i, I understand oh, okay i think i know mind, what you're saying i, I understand think I in your saying. mind yeah i understand in no, your but mind i think like what i was saying though was just that like the reason that i didn't clarify it not that the clarification was inappropriate but the reason that i didn't clarify it is because i had already said it just recently so I'm holding that is my like I am I think it's implicit knowledge. No, 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 like, I understand. Like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I totally like I totally get your function. That's fine. All right. Um. So what was I saying? I was talking about. We're gonna do a parody. That's right. All right. Um. Okay, oh. Eddie. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, fuck. Ah. So it's like before we. T- okay. I, I just want to point out a like one thing. Well, actually, I want to talk about something else if that's okay, like quickly, sort of quickly. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, but before I talk about that, I just want to say like I like how like Dawkins himself, and I don't I don't mean this in like a I I don't mean this in like a malicious way, but it's just funny to me how like his existence and like other similar are like completely irrelevant. Like, at, like in terms of That's like brutal man. How could you not mean that in a way that is brutal? Let me hold on, hold on. Like in in the sense that like like they're completely irrelevant in the sense of like who they are as people, and it's more like we're just like focusing on like the concept of people that like behave in that particular way. Yeah, yeah. And That's and it. it's That's just it. it's just like it it's just sort of like in a way funny that we're kind of dismissing the humanity, even though it's like totally <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> I, so, uh, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Um, how is it that you know that things are true? I, and are, wait, am I being me or am I? You're, you're being you. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm Darth Dawkins, but just, you know, just call me oh. Matt. <laughs> okay. Let me try. Uh, how is it that I know that things are true? Yep. Uh, I think the way that I could start answering that would Mm -hmm. have to be, 
from an internal place of reflection to come to a space of analysis of yeah, some so like um if i was dawkins i would have jumped in halfway through probably and told right. you that you're not answering my question um uh, i think what i was asking was more like um how is it that you verify something is true how do i verify that something is true mm-hmm. yeah, that is something i've been questioning my own personal process goes into mm-hmm. so like are you mo- the ultimate authority well in terms of my perspective it would seem no, but what's, about what's true about what's true uh i would have to say i think such a thing is possible well i'm not really sure that you answered my question i asked are you or are you not the ultimate authority uh only for myself yes um but that's not an ultimate authority so you didn't answer my question again are you or are you not the ultimate authority is there such a thing um that's not the question i'm asking you i'm gonna have to redirect you again to the question i asked you are you or are you not an ultimate authority i'm guessing it depends on what you mean by authority authority is like the uh cause for something being true cause for something being true like how something is authorized more precisely so like um on what grounds is something true the authority that you assign the claim is based on the grounds of the authority and i'm asking you what is your ultimate authority in terms of the grounds of you claiming that something is true my ultimate authority that serves as a ground for how for you cl- I- to claim something is true yeah for how i claim that something is true correct is generally based on my experience okay so <clears throat> when you say your experience that is like you identifying in your environment um like differences and similarities between the phenomena am i correct fair enough mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um how do you like check if something is different or similar i how do you kn- how do you know that there are such things as differences and similarities by observations i've accumulated over that's that's not really what i asked what i mean is like um so like how do you know one thing from another like what why is one thing different from another thing my response to that is based on the information of the things no no and... but like in general okay so how do i know one thing from another by mm-hmm. I guess the the words that are used to describe the things. Mm, that's not really what I'm asking though. I'm asking like what principles do you apply in order to know one thing from another? For me it would be and somehow I'm, I make so, so I'm a, like significantly more polite version of Darth. I know I'm going to say you're being way too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But um for me let's say I I think I'm imagining and after I imagine I try to install yeah, but like uh, uh, I, oh, I feel like that's a bit uh, off topic though. Um oh my god like okay I know I'm pretty tired but I can definitely satisfy the like loud yelling part. So, <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you that like you are let me teach you a thing. Teach you a thing? Uh, um uh, maybe teach maybe learn. Maybe learn. 
Let me learn you something. Let me, yeah. let me fucking school you that <laughs> you need to understand this particular thing I'm saying, or you can just shut the fuck up. The God of the Bible is true. Okay, okay. You are an insignificant little nothing. And if you oh. don't accept what I'm suggesting right now, I will never fucking speak to you again. Because you don't have <laughs> cognitive ability to understand what I'm saying, and you're being dishonest about that. Oh, oh. That's, that's the ticket. That sounds pretty good and brutal. I, I would like to be of the student role as you show me the way. Let me ask you if this is the way that you think is the most teachable, meek, humble way that Christ would uh, appreciate seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, is this something that the type of behavior that Christ would condone? Um, I think it really depends on like what your view of like how authoritative Christ was. You know, like God is the one who wrote in the Bible, and Christ said that many things that were written in the Bible were not like uh, accurately interpreted. So maybe our interpretation is the thing that's flawed, and the word of the Bible would be inerrant. Well, I. Have a hard time. Like if we were to look at uh, every word. That was in the a Bible. bit. That was a bit too coherent. Maybe I should. Yeah, try I again. know. <laughs> but every word <sighs> in the Bible, like we can look in Job and we can find the words "curse God and die." Mm-hmm. So how does that fit into infallibility? Like well, if we because, were to curse like, God how, and die how, right well, now. So like, what is, How do you know what the word cu- "curse" means? Uh, through looking it up. Yeah, so like it has an identity, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so in order to know what the word curse means, you presuppose the law of identity, don't you? Seems as though I do. Yeah, so where do you get the law of identity from? Uh, would seem the subjective architecture of thinking itself. No, 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 because the law of identity is something that uh, like governs the natural world, and it like is presupposed before your subjective architecture can ever come to any conclusions. That's the whole point, is the way that you differentiate between phenomena, the way that you say that one object is distinct from another is because they each have identities, and you presuppose the law of identity in that analysis to come to the conclusion of the law of identity. So my question to you was simple. It was, where does that law of identity come from? I think the idea of coming from presupposes something as well. Um, do you deny that, that we have observed empirically that the Big Bang occurred? Uh, I do not deny that such a metric exists in the bound volumes of empiricism that science has accumulated. Yeah, so presumably we, you would say that like the Big Bang represents like the beginning of our universe. I would say the Big Bang represents a way that humans can think about the beginning of the universe. But is, is that not a beginning then? Uh, I would say it's like the beginning of a story, like a narrative. But okay, so like, priest- wait, wait, I'm confused though. You're saying like, in the way that it's the beginning of a story or a narrative, you're saying that the end of the story is not the existential end. It is the uh, termination of the telling. Is that correct? Uh, the recipient of the message that would be told, it would be the end of that thing. The end, the end of the recipient. Yeah. Would it though? I mean, uh, I think. Well, could you maybe rephrase how? Because <laughs> maybe I follow you, but maybe I don't. Well, it seems as though if we presume the beginning, 
of this universe mm-hmm. that there's a presumed end uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not sure, but we'll go with that. It, basically, because I think if we were to presume it infinite, there's no real way to prove such a thing, logically. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, like, you could suggest, uh, you could make a compelling argument, perhaps. I'm not sure. Anyway, yeah. um, I'm not too sure what this has to do with the argument about the Christian God. Well, if if we presume that you know what you mean when you are saying that word, and yep. that I know what I mean when I'm saying that word, Yep. and then however it is that we connect the areas of overlap where we have an agreement on what that word means or represents, mm-hmm. it's possible that you and I are talking about the same thing. But let's, let me use an analogy. In the, in the case of water, uh, on Earth, we have the, the symbols of But if H2O. we're talking about the same thing, then the identity, the law of identity is unviolated. Isn't that correct? Uh, that's what I think I have to point out. Like, um, I, and I'm not sure if this relates to that, but let me say this, and you tell me what it sounds like then. I mean, if I was Darth Dawkins, I wouldn't let you, but continue. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, if there was another planet that had a different chemical makeup of water and instead of h2o it was you know uh h5o or something like that and imagine that it's somehow chemically structured so that it's stable and can be all the same properties and words that we use to describe water on earth are used to describe water on that planet so i want to drink a water water is wet so on and so forth but when Mm -hmm. we are referring to the actual chemical structure of all of those words, mm-hmm. the actual chemical structure is different. So, but isn't that one of the meanings? Uh, well, what I'm trying to say is that that chemical structure representing God, if it's different in my mind as opposed to yours, but we're using the same word to identify, mm-hmm. identify different structures, mm-hmm. it's very possible that we're just completely talking past each other. And I'd prefer not to do that. Very, very possible. But like, I was merely asking about your presuppositions, right? So like, do you presuppose the law of identity? Uh, I'm not resolved on what I think about the law of identity. I mean, Uh, like I'm asking, like when you reason, do you presuppose it to be true for the purposes of your reasoning? Let's say. I believe I presuppose that there are things that could be called identity. I think, um, like, so do you not use, like, the rule uh, when I, you read? Do you not use the laws of thought? I would imagine that you do. I believe I do, but I don't know if I'm doing it consciously. Okay, so, but that's a presupposition. Presuppositions aren't conscious. Okay, fair enough. Yep, so a presupposition is something that you take um, to be true for the purposes of reasoning um, without necessarily, like, having thought about the fact that you're doing that. Okay. So the law of identity basically being... You come then, to it before even having reasoned. It's something you presuppose to be true, and then you start to reason after that, and it's not something you consider in your reasoning generally, if it is a presupposition. Gotcha, okay. Okay, so huh. like, yeah, you presuppose the law of identity, from what I can tell from talking to you. You sound pretty reasonable, and that means that you would, in fact, presuppose the law of identity. Do you say that's true? I'll, I'll accept that. Okay, so where did the law of identity come from, sir? Ah... Uh, It seems as though it would come from the structure of nature itself. 
Um, okay, but like, isn't the structure of nature itself um, natural revelation of the Christian Christian God? I believe that's one method that humans have used to interpret the structure of nature. That's not really what I asked you. Is that a no? I would, I would say that's. It's not an invalid path, but it's not the only one. I mean, like um, every other path is presupposed by the intelligibility of nature, which is permitted only by the uh, principles of logic that you get from the Christian God. No other worldview um, codifies the laws of thought um, as, as in, like uh, you know, the the laws that govern nature, the laws that govern the events in the Bible. Um, they govern everything, and if you look at the Bible with those laws in mind, you can see that the Bible never contradicts itself, whereas, um, you know, other faiths have texts that do contradict themselves. They contradict themselves, and they contradict the Bible, and if you have a contradiction in you, then you cannot be true. Isn't that so? I, I do believe that we should be with as few contradictions as possible. Mm -hmm. But, I um, mean, what's, what's the functional difference between my statement and your own? I would say that the way that we derive our analysis of what a contradiction is or is not is different. Um, how so? The way that one who interfaces with revelation seems to me to be a person that values uh, the narrative devices um, no, not at all. Not at all. I think that the word of God justifies the intelligibility of creation. That is a rational argument, sir. The word of God justifies the intelligibility of what was it? Creation. Creation. So mm -hmm. creation is made intelligible by virtue of something creation, like... Creation is intelligible by virtue of it being an extension of God's mind. That's where intelligibility comes from, sir. The rational laws that we appeal to in our reasoning, which we do not always implement correctly, but which we know about, are the laws of the world. And the reason they are the laws of the world is because the God of the Bible said so. So is the, uh, the said so part of it, is that essentially like... Well, is it like a, uh, if we use a metaphor, is it like a, a wireless connection? Um, I'm not sure that that's a good metaphor for what we're talking about. We're talking about like, um, you know, um, God's word is the truth, right? The truth of, this, of, the, blah, blah, the, truth uh. of the environment that we can observe is literally God has spoken that truth forward, and that is what we observe, is the spoken truth. We just don't recognize it for what it is, which is the word of God. And so, in the Bible, it identifies natural revelation, the experiences of our environment and everything magnificent in it, as exactly that, the word of God. Now, interpretation of it as anything else is only permissible through the fact that the word of God has allowed it to be that way. So is the word of God a symbolic utterance? to say that the world is made of language? The world is the symbol and the thing it is referred to. So I think that's where I would have to disagree because... How so? How would you know? Well, I don't know that knowledge would be a necessary precondition. But how do you know anything? Uh, it seems to me as we're both in, in deep in abstraction. Nope, I happen to know for sure because I start with the Word of God, which is the Bible. And in the Bible, it says that the Word of God must be true, 
right? And so like the word of the God of the Bible says that all of creation is intelligible uh, by his words. And that is what we're attempting to mimic when we're talking. So the language of God then, is it a particular dialect or? Yeah, it's uh, the dialect you can see all around you. It's, it's the dialect of being. And then we add like English on top of the dialect of being? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay. Let me see if I understand you then. It's translated into English. That's what science and uh, religion have always been. Tra the translation of the truth into um, like linguistic and verbal truth. So then would like the language of being be the first way that Hebrew attempted to or Aramaic or I'm the not Middle sure Eastern about the languages. question. What, what are you asking? I'm asking like the the biblical writers in the Middle East back in mm -hmm. the Bronze Age yep. when they were con I guess conforming their language to the language of being or the dialect of yes. being. Yes. Is that then the first like version like 1.1 of mm. trying to get the word of God from okay. eternity into So here's a difficult tree. one. Right, because I actually do think this next bit, it's not part of the shtick. Okay. So the people who wrote the ancient religious texts that we know of today, I don't think they were as misguided as they seem. I think what's true is that they had the same intuitive understanding that we have managed to articulate today, and that when they said there was God, they meant that there was an ultimate and transcendent reason for there to be things, right? And mm -hmm. that the language available to them did not sufficiently capture the variety that they wanted, the nuance that they wanted. So they used what they had and they said, this is God, right? Mm -hmm. So what I would say is that um, the ancient, to you know, take on my Darth Dawkins guys again, the ancient like languages of humans um, were not very sophisticated and that's why the message of God needed to be updated because once the languages had evolved sufficiently to support um, a more articulated understanding of God's law, uh -huh. he decreed that they should come to understand it through another prophet. Okay. I mean... It, it's funny because there's like, in terms of like sidebar. But that's not true for uh, Islam, just what Darth Dawkins thinks. Yeah, Islam like this. Fake religion. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he can't have room for any other religion. What's interesting, though, he actually like, I've heard him like, he's got a couple of pieces of rhetoric that are pretty damning. He says, um, he just points out that like, if the Christian by God and the uh, Muslim God were the same God as most people think, then mm -hmm. there wouldn't be like in the like message of the Quran, there wouldn't be actual proper contradictions with the fundamental message of the Bible. And he demonstrates that there are some mm -hmm. and that he demonstrates that they are, he, he makes it look like the mistakes are misinterpretations of the Bible's true message in his oh, little okay. rhetorical spiel. It's interesting. That, no, that is kind of, I, I think of like whichever religions came first as the ones that came after were informed by the failures or the new 
kind of cultural adaptations that would apply to their geographic locations. Absolutely. And I think so like when it comes it. to like when it comes to truth, Christianity actually has a stronger than average claim. I I see what you mean. I hate the way theists wield the plausibility of that claim. Um, well, I just mostly mean that they say that their God is truth, and because of that, they have, like, for a long time now, advanced the ideas that would be their undoing, because they believe that their God is truth, and to do such would be to realize in their brains the structure that God put forth, you right. know, and it's it's specifically in Christianity that that is encouraged, whereas, like, Islamic science has been stagnating for a thousand years, so, yeah, and they, you know. They they generally confuse the language for the the light. Like, uh, the word God is pointing at something that they, that we could very easily just call the ineffable, especially from... Yeah, well, that's what my, like, uh, quite intelligent um, Muslim friend Vivi calls. Um, basically, I, I can't remember exactly how he likes to refer to it. It's a bit clumsy, though, but I encouraged him to use the necessary ground of being. That's basically the thing that he means when he says God and like we've talked like many times now about how that's not really it's not God it's not even a good yeah. label at that stage no it's it I mean it doesn't carry what to me God is the anthropomorphization of no statements doubt. that no are doubt. more functional no doubt I would and definitely we did that to that. understand that's a, that's a very apt analysis it was well, just we did that because that was the narrativistic inclination of our species to be able to hold a story instead of a equation bang on again i definitely agree <laughs> but like now that we're trying to update what it is that we were trying to reference like you said like i i completely agree with your analysis about the way early people that struggled with trying to find our way in in terms of sense making like they just had to come up with a a fiction that worked for their group and the groups that were the most adaptive and successful had a kind of coherability because they were somewhat morally bound by the code of conduct that they were passing on from tent fire to tent fire or not tent fire. <laughs> For sure. And I think like the fact that like in um, Christianity's fundamental code of honor is that like God is truth is sort of like a tacit encouragement to be truthful. Right. And to emphasize truth even when it might be your undoing. And I think that that's something that Christianity has like brought out of our civilization um, very effectively, much to its undoing, because now yeah. we know that Christianity is not a good explanation. <laughs> well, it's, it, it is barely a good metaphor because of how confusing mm -hmm. it's been. But of course, but it's a good metaphor if you think of the fact that it's what caused us to bring about the good explanation. For sure. Like, that is... Because in terms of, like, what a metaphor is for, right? Like, let's say, we'll call it a parable. It's a good parable, you know? It's even a good if parable, it's not, for sure. Yeah, even if it's not a very clear parable, the thing that it affected historically is fantastic, and it was the direct consequence of the emphasis placed on truth. Well, that, and not coincidentally, like, Brett Weinstein and uh, Richard Dawkins had a debate recently, which I haven't gotten to listen to, but... The the cool thing is that he's a, Brett is an evolutionary biologist who was influenced heavily by all of Dawkins' early work, and he's like the thing that you set forth with memes and uh, how they 
they need basically like a biological host in order to pass from body to body. He's like, that right there is essentially like a, a rebranding of what it is that religion has done this whole for time. For sure. And like, realistically, it's another name for what we might call the psychological archetype of our species. Yes. And it's the, the thing that predisposes us to better adaptability in terms of group uh, survivability. Absolutely. So it, it conferred all of this kind of um, ability for early kind of, not primitive, but like less scientifically aware uh, uh, versions of our species to hold a type of truth or a thing that gestured towards it at least. Um, without like, so pu putting the conversation on pause for a moment. Yeah. How would you guys distinguish between where to place an overview and where to place a front matter in a book. Mm. A, a what? A front matter? Yeah, a post. What does, that, what does that mean? It's an introduction to an idea. Whereas a front matter? Yeah, whereas an overview is like a, a very brief synopsis of the entirety of like... All an overview is... On the like first page, like not the book, like when you open it, you know how there's like a blank page usually. No, 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 no that's a that's a front matter. A f no, because like you said, like a front matter is like an introduction. A preface or an introduction can be many pages. So, okay, my understanding of of a front matter is that a front matter introduces the thing to the subject. Whereas the overview, the overview talks about everything, like very briefly to the subject. But, but yeah, but, but the yeah, way but that you introduce them is like long, like long. So what I'm talking about, like, is not a front matter, like because if a front matter is just something that introduces it, an introduction and a preface both counters, like what would you what you call a front matter, and like. Um, you can put a synopsis like right inside on the first page, and I've seen books do it before. It is a synopsis; it's a summary of the book's content, basically. Hmm. And were you asking about like what order to put it in? Uh, I was just asking the location to place uh, an overview opposed to a front matter. Well, if I understand front matter properly, front matter would be at the start of a part, section, or chapter, and an overview would be something that you put, like, would put at the start of the entire, like, book or paper. Ah, I think I get what you're saying now. Is an overview a good thing for, like, the back of the book? I actually just looked it up. Apparently no, there's... That's a blurb. I looked it up. Apparently, there's two types of front matters. So you have a primary front matter, which introduces the book, and then you have like a, a section front. Uh, yeah, the front. Yeah, the front matter section, which like introduces um, the like section. Mm -hmm. um, although, I guess I guess you could say that a f like an overview could be contained within a front matter. Yeah definitely. yeah, definitely. So what were we talking about? I've forgotten. I've forgotten. Uh, 
basically arguing we were basically arguing for the existence of ghosts <laughs> ghosts do exist bro duh don't you even know anything you were a ghost before you were you. No, 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 I do. That's why I'm arguing for the existence of ghosts. See? Ah, okay. Genius. We got a real uh, Einstein over here. <laughs> no, because Einstein never argued for the existence of ghosts. That's why that's Einstein was wrong. That's what I think. Yeah, uh-huh. but you, you don't know. You didn't know Einstein. <laughs> I only, like, looked at some of his stuff. That's true. Yeah, but how would you know if he ever argued about ghosts? He might have. Because a ghost told me. Duh. Well, I can't argue with that. I know. You should be like, you should be you like, arguing that often. I seriously do not remember, though, what we were talking about. Oh, I think you, we were just going down the, uh, the hypothetical tubes of argument that we could, that you could parable. Do, do, a, do a parody, I'm sorry, uh, of Dawkins, Dark Dawkins. That's right, but I feel like we stopped talking about that and started talking about parables. Yeah, we got a little more sincere. Our Christi- yeah, Christianity's emphasis on truth. I stopped being Dawkins without realizing it. Yeah, and I, I pretty much like slid right into it because I was like, wait, hold on. This isn't sounding <laughs> unreasonable the way that you're saying it, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's it's a little bit because I I automatically update most people's interpretation of what they mean when they say the word God to mm-hmm. something that they don't know they don't know about. Yeah, pretty yeah, sure, I get you, I get you. Pretty sure genome is like shit posting, but I'm kind of playing along. Do you mean gnome? Genome. genome. No, 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 because you say the G, just like genos. Uh, you you say the G. What if I say? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on a second, guys. What about Jif? Ah, it's actually correct anyway. I think that is, but I didn't like that. That's what the author says it should be called. I always liked GIF or the creator or whatever. Yeah, I think I said GIF for years until not too not too long ago. How about the memes, though, right? Yeah, man. Dude, there was one that you posted that I was actually going to ask. It was a SpongeBob mm-hmm. one. Um, it went through Midas Right. Oh, yeah, with Thrasy Marcus or whatever it is. Yeah, and what looked like Socrates or? Yeah, it would have been Socrates. I didn't understand it. I was like, wait, I got to ask Matt about this one. I can't tell mm-hmm. if it's funny or true (laughs) (laughs) um like i think it's just i mean that is what he thought you know what i mean okay um it's supposed i think it's just supposed to be about uh how ridiculous it is do you know what i mean because he's like reading it off the identification Mm -hmm. and it's like it's it's a position that you sort of like uh feel you is just the way things are. It's like an, it's something that's assigned to you. You know what I mean? And like what your identification card would show you is like, yeah, you know what's like just the way you are. Like yeah, yeah, height. yeah. Like exactly, yeah. And so it's like he treats might is right as in like that's just how it is. That's and Socrates is like, 
but is that just how it is, bro? Yeah. And then it was like he responded with um, justice is just like another form of, I forget the last line of it, but I was like, yeah, just, uh, it says justice is nothing other than the advantage of the strong. And that is actually what he says in the dialogue with Socrates that I've read. Interesting. And see, that part was like, how that rang to me. I was like, so those that perceive justice or injustice in the world and can wield it appropriately or accurately or without error Mm -hmm. have an advantage that is comparable to power or something like that. No, it's not supposed to indicate that. It's he's making fun of the view. Right? So the last the last line is like Socrates mimicking him, right? It's like He's like, this is a ridiculous thing that you think. And he's like repeating it because it sounds ridiculous. Like if you say, right, and because, so like, but wouldn't this promote injustice as a virtue? And because that would make man unhappy, isn't justice more than might makes right? Right. And then the response is like, no, even though obviously that, you know, if we say that injustice is a virtue and that, that, that it follows necessarily that in like a virtue one of the virtues would make man unhappy, right? Because injustice makes people unhappy. Okay. Right? And so then he says, because that being the case, injustice being a virtue would make man unhappy, it has to be the case that justice is more than might makes, makes right. And I, then... I Thrasymachus agree, right? just Yeah, then, then Thrasymachus just repeats his original position, right? He just says, like... Justice is nothing other than the advantage of the stronger, which is might makes right. There's nothing else to it. Uh, so he just right? doubled down. Yeah, basically. Okay. So what was funny to me though is that like I it communicated something nuanced to me, and I don't mm-hmm. know if that's because I have a, a skewed. Oh no, man! If you, have you read ever read the like last days of Socrates? No. Oh my I, god, dude! I dude. know. You've told me to, and I it's always so think that. amazing. Like it's like that thing that you're looking at. Like the first, um, what would you say? The first section of the Last Days of Socrates is him questioning a religious guy about what exactly virtue is, right? Okay. Because the religious guy in the story is like at court, and Socrates is at court because he's being tried um, for like corrupting, corrupting the youth and answering mm-hmm. to false gods, something like that. Okay. And then um, this other guy, Euthyphrates or something, is there, and he's there to prosecute his dad for killing a servant, right? Which actually, in their time, that was normal and not an immoral thing to do. And then this guy is like, well, like, I understand religion very well, and I'm telling you that killing anybody is wrong, um, Hmm. even if the person, like, so, like, holding your, your relatives accountable for killing a slave even though he's your father, right? That would be something that would be considered like really out of, you know, uh, unconventional, like you shouldn't be doing that frowned upon sort of thing because it's like he's he's your father, you know what I mean? Like you're uh, not taking him to court. That's not a good idea. That's the sort of idea. Gotcha. Um, and so like Socrates is just sort of like, well, you must be very confident in your knowledge if you're willing to like risk the wrath of the gods for sending your father to prison right? For killing a servant who is like b- below his status, like right. automatically. Like it's, and it's, um, 
he basically says like for you to have be for you to be willing to do such a thing you must be very very confident in your understanding of religious matters and like the other guy says that he is and he like boasts about his knowledge and socrates is like all right then could you teach me the difference between virtue and not virtue? And he sort of, the other guy sort of tries and Socrates listens and then uh, constructs an analogy in his head and then asks questions, getting the other person to agree every step of the way and arrives at the conclusion that their original thing was wrong. Huh. And it's so like, good. it's, it's very impressive. It's like one of the first um, like direct pieces of, uh, categorical reasoning that we had it's the thing that plato uh like perfected when he started using the dialectic right um uh. like socratic questioning was just about questioning the assumptions and he did that in a categorical way but like the dialectic was the assignment of categories to everything that there is nice dude i love hearing that that's like a because isn't it true that Socrates didn't write anything? That's correct. Uh, Plato wrote down his thoughts. Yeah, and I, I've always thought that that was the way to do it. Like, oh my like, god, this is awesome. Kyrgyzstan, in a nutshell, Nidin, uh just released a new video, which, if, if you don't know, they're like a really like excellent YouTube channel that's like, well-researched. Uh, Kyrgyzstan in the nutshell. Oh, yes, that guy. I gotcha. gotcha. What's yeah, the title? They they like have they have like very high quality work. Um, the the video they just released is titled "End of Space Dash," and well, it, technically it's an M dash, but "End of Space M dash Creating a Prison for Humanity." So I imagine that like I, I don't I haven't watched the video, but I imagine the video is gonna be about how the end of space is a prison for humanity. I'm sorry, it's an M sorry, N dash. That this isn't an M dash. I remember scrolling through that actually now. I mean it was released just seventeen hours ago, but yeah. yeah, that was it. It was like fourteen hours ago when I saw it. I see. Fair enough. It was, yeah, I'm ready to cut up here, actually. Something like that. Part of me wants to record some Zelda. Although, like, it's weird because I don't feel like going to bed, but I also feel kind of tired. I feel like I need to go to bed, but I'm not tired. You're not allowed. <laughs> is, is, is it more like you, like, intellectually think you should go to bed, but, like, you don't, you don't, like, feel like you want to go to bed? Some something so, like that. Something like like I prefer like the stimulation of the mind as opposed to trying to toss and turn to get rest. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I know I'll be tired tomorrow. So I'm like trying to save this kind of like a slightly epicurean preference where I don't want to borrow from tomorrow's happiness too much. Mm -hmm. So but I'm I'm definitely still interested in chatting. Sure. Like I, I wanted to actually say, um, I read through your outline, and I like a lot of it, man. I I would love to actually probably go through it line by line. Matt said he, you guys recently did some updates on it too. Um, yeah, but but like we need to do more work when like either 
like one of us isn't a zombie or distracted or like trying to battle space aliens or whatever. Right. Um, right. The, the thing is, is like, um, it's still, it's still quite like underdeveloped, but I do think like, I'm fairly confident in a lot of the like initial framework. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got the makings of, I described it metaphorically as a bit like a ladder or like an olive branch extending out to people that don't realize they're kind of in a sea of mysticism and kind of quantifying what some of that mystery might be as the arcane. Like, yeah, I get well, where you're, you're aiming to help people like step well, out of the quicksand, so to speak. Yeah. Well, like, so do you know much about Thales? I don't think I know anything about that guy. Thales of Miletus? Uh-uh. uh-uh. So Thales of Miletus. Whatever, buddy. Fucking <laughs> fix your English. God, you're, you so, you're, so, you're so terrible at English. Jeez. I know, right? Okay. So, so, um, Thales of Miletus, which Miletus is located in uh, Turkey of the... Uh, what did you call me? Did you call me? Hmm? Did you call me a turkey? I said Thales of Miletus. Don't you ever call me a turkey? No, 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 no. I'm too tired to like differentiate between humor and not. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. You can go to hell. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. But 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 anyhow anyhow the point is is he's the uh, he's like what's generally recognized as like the first Western philosopher. Okay. Um, okay. And essentially, I mean, isn't he recognized as the first natural philosopher ever? Mm. Oh, is this but the guy that? It's a, well, it's, it's less debatable when you take into account like Eastern philosophy. But 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 but. Oh. Yeah. Like, That's a fair call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J- j- just, just like we want to throw that like well out. It's a very the Western, Western thing that I said. That I said really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you fucking, oh, fucking you. Eurocentrist. Fuck you. I know, bro. right? So, so what I was gonna say is like, you should be a Sinocentrist, or you're gonna like go to hell. Um, no. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, what, what I was gonna say is like he had this idea of the arcane. Um, mm-hmm. And his his like view of what the arcane was was the fund like his idea was so the arcane is the fundamental substance of everything, and and then so, so so the arcane is fundamental substance of everything, comma the arcane is water, um, <laughs> and so essentially because because of that, um he introduced like this really important idea and he he didn't introduce much that's like survived because like a lot of old writings like are gone cuz you know of things like the burning of alexandria etc right right but but the point is is like what does survive um is like a result of what other people have like talked about him mm, um okay, okay. and uh, in any case like like i'm I'm using arcane in the same sense he did because like it carries like historic weight and it also like I, I it's like I really like the word 
in, in I general do too. I do too. because I think it carries like a lot of weight, not just for the like his not not just because of the historic context, but also just because of how it sounds. So you know. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm with you on that, and I think it's always no. Well, let me back up a bit. I like and prefer to seek to understand the derivation of a word as influential to the definition of it. I need to like, like I, I really need to just comb through the first chapter and polish that significantly. And the fact that the fact that I haven't is is just it, it's sort of a well, it's kind of a combination of like like in sync being quite busy and then like um myself like slash being busy slash when, when he's not. <laughs> Yeah, but it's sort of like slash on like I'm unreliable like Dude, when you, like that, when that you are reliable. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we do see do with it. Like sometimes I'll be ready and he's not, vice versa. Yeah, and it sucks too because like sometimes I'll be like really prepared and then like we'll be in the middle of it and I'll be like, "Dude, I'm like fucking tired as shit." And it's like I want to continue, but it's like like I legitimately do, but it's like I know if right, I do, right. I'll just produce garbage. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah. why I distinctly avoided like saying much in this conversation here because I'm not convinced in my ability to like communicate like cogent ideas because you know I'm fucking shit right now. Did you sound better, you sound today, better today than you did, than you did yesterday? yesterday? Do I? No, he just always yeah. sounds really stoned, man. You do always sound stoned. And stoned. No, I I don't think that I I don't think that you like I do sound better. No, 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 better. Oh, oh. I thought I no, sounded I, much I, I, totally I like the stony sound, but it makes me feel like I need to like a mad rip from something. <laughs> okay, you know what's funny? Like maybe I should get actually stoned and then start talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad it's idea. Not a bad idea. Um, what I was gonna say though, what I was going to say is that like. Now the reason why I think I'm like like why I sound why I think I sound worse today, maybe not in this exact instance, but like like overall is just because like I haven't had like a strong sense of mental clarity. Like I did earlier, but like like far less like like in the duration of this conversation. That's why I was like, hey, let's put this idea off or let's put that idea off because it's like like, why do I want to talk about something if I'm not convinced, like, I can talk about it right at that moment, you know? I mean, realistically, though, Eddie and I can do some, like, translation on what you're trying to say and what you have said. Yeah, it would help us all. I don't, yeah, but but it's like, I'm, like, I'm communicating, like, like, I think precise particulars that, like, can't, like it's it's like if i if i'm not like doing it well then it's like like even if you try to fill in the gaps i i don't think i i i don't think like you can do a very good job just based off the nature of like what we're talking about i don't know i do a pretty great job filling in the gaps generally speaking especially, especially with, this with specific this specific topic. oh sure maybe better than like a lot of people but just like the nature of this makes it much harder so i'd rather not like take that chance for me no, personally, I like i i've listened to people for a long time trying to find those that had 
in essence, what is meant by data logic. And I, I use this analogy of the broken clock. Like I find that every human has the capacity to kind of be data logical at least twice a day by virtue of their not knowing that they can be right in that capacity. Like it'll be a subconscious way that they just align with being correct. But problems ensue, generally speaking, when you bring awareness to that process and that perceptual apparatus, if you will, is not prepared to make the necessary changes in order to support the way that it is that it can come to know something like what data logic is pointing at. So what Matt gave to me in terms of the way that he had formalized all of the logic of it, I rejected logic like without knowing it uh, at the early stages of my ontological development. And when I first encountered Matt, it was online and it was, it was as if he was having six to 10 conversations with six to 10 different people trying to course correct their understandings of his words it was like my immediate perception of what was going on in that moment. And I was like, how the fuck is this kid typing this fast? Uh, and it was one of those moments where like I was one of the 10 people that he started to talk to. And we, it's like, if you caught someone that was just like catching balls and throwing them back at people. And then a guy came and stood next to him. Like I was the guy that came and stood next to him shoulder to shoulder. And then he just started going, wait, what are you doing over here? How did you get here essentially? And it was like a moment where we both just kind of saw each other and it was just all through texting. Uh, mm -hmm. but yeah. it was like, like, I mean, metaphorically that I'm characterizing it that way so that I convey the kind of emotional feeling of it Yeah, because I, I didn't understand what he was actually getting at at the point, at that point, the content yeah. of his message was completely missed. Yeah. yeah for, for me, for, like, so of course I did recently meet Matthew, but like, the thing is, is so Matthew in like a lot of the ways he thinks is quite similar to my other friend, Tim, mm. like extremely similar. And because I'm like extremely similar to Tim in a lot of ways, okay. it was okay. easy. It was easy to like relate to Matt because like I was quite well practiced already. Yeah. Because, yeah. Like, it's just an expression of like talking to myself. Totally. And so basically I just, I, I just like did that even though like myself had like a different process. Like I totally understand like, Hey, I want you to say this because like, that is like my distinction between these two. And I want you to like talk to me in a way that like I can use to further what I'm saying. And I get that it can be difficult for people as well, but I also understand that, like, you know, um, the importance of, of a lot of this distinction, which a lot of undeveloped people might readily, uh, readily dismiss. Yeah, especially if, like, you don't realize that you're willing to give up on things that are kind of fundamental or, or just or not care. Like one of the things that came up with the free will debate is that 
the fact that you can disregard things out of petulance is mm -hmm. generally taken to be an example or evidence of... I don't know if it generally is, but he was definitely putting it forward as one. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm generally in the way that proponents of free will relate act. to that. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. They, they act as though the fact that they can be in error or petulant or some other form of obstinance is an example of freedom. And, I mean, <laughs> what was one of the ways we characterized it in the beginning with that, Matt? Like, yeah, I mean, like, I think what they might be saying is it's one of the most free types of, like, behavior you'll exhibit because it's like you're uh, not free, but that not freedom is pointed at being free of all the things you can think of. You know what I mean? Uh, say so that like, again. So, like, you're not free because, like, you're still being bound by the deterministic mechanics. But the thing that your deterministic mechanics are aiming at in the moment is being free from all of the systems you can think of. Being a rebel, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. doing what you want because you want to do it. And when you do something because you know you shouldn't do it, that is your, like, the mechanics of your system saying, okay, like, um, my goal is... The goal of these mechanics is to produce a result that contradicts as many systems as I can think of. Mm, and it achieves it. Yeah, I mean, in some sense, for sure. It seems like it. It's, it's definitely a performative contradiction. Yes, and it know? convinces its own like, sense of sense-making. In some That's weird... Yeah. It's like a, some, some kind of weird uh, mental gymnastics that are happening there that I don't... I, I oh man, I tell you what, that fucking um equ the uh equivalence we drew between like the getting up a like sheer face of that metaphorical mountain and like mental gymnastics, that was a great one. That is compelling uh a compelling similarity to point out. I thought it was too. And the other thing that I like about that analogy is like some people kind of show up over prepared to scale a mountain. They like a person that's going on a camping expedition versus someone who knows and is seasoned with one. Like that noob sometimes shows up with just a backpack full of shit that they don't realize that they're going to have to carry up. For sure. And Except like in this situation, um, like everybody's climbing the mountain and almost none of them are experts. <laughs> none of them are experts and they all came over prepared because they've courted complexity in some way. Mm -hmm, for sure. And they think that the more stuff that they bring the the more prepared they'll be that's such a good analogy man <laughs> and it's like the simpler the better the less you have the kind of load is light so you can well, be nimble it's, it's, because, it's because like the accumulation of stuff doesn't necessitate higher utility I of course of course but i think like when we're thinking about um like explanations of the world because it seems so complicated to us a lot of people jump to the conclusion that like in explanation it just like there's there's a justification for having an explanation that's very complicated yes and it's that the world is very complicated and i don't actually think that that does justify it but it's definitely true that the world is very complicated yeah especially at the social layer just if you start from something like that's already like kind of politically stratified in a way as yeah, the present yeah. world climate of politics is it automatically just looks like chaos on display, the circus, the spectacle. And when you try and sort that portion of it out first, I, I don't think you can ever find 
the thing that isn't moving so that you can start to measure it, so to speak. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that that's one of the main reasons that like the proper analysis of the world should start with the individual. It has to. Like there's really no way around it. And some synthesis of individual in awareness of its collective kind of poles or impulses. Areas. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that at least so far as like others are concerned, ethics is the system that you navigate how best to actualize like what your values are in so far as like moving through the space that you're in with the other agents. Yeah, with other agents.